There are ancient legends across many cultures that tell of a demon or deity that feed on the blood of the living. These tales, with the belief that the dead could rise again, gave way to one of our most well-known monsters, a being so powerful and charismatic that you could easily become their next meal. This monster's complexity has inspired media for centuries, and will continue as humans remain under the trance of vampires. <laughs> Welcome to 13 Degrees of Screams, where we watch and dissect your favorite spooky movies. I'm your host, Alex. And Stephanie. And this is a mostly horror podcast. Each season, we will rank 13 movies on a scariness scale from, you guessed it, 1 to 13. We will uncover the real-life myths and legends that inspire these movies and tell you just how authentic they are. This season, we discuss all things vampires. Stephanie. Yeah. It's season two. I know. Are you excited? I'm super excited. We're talking about vampires. Yeah, they're definitely my favorite. I was going to ask you, you like vampires? Oh, yeah, for sure. Vampires and werewolves, for sure. My oh. favorite vamps. My Monsters. favorite vamps? My favorite vamps, My yeah. favorite vamps. That sounds like a kid's book or yeah. movie. Yeah. My favorite vampire. I like vampires, too. I think... We mentioned werewolves. I think I like werewolves better, but vampires are really cool. Mm-hmm. I think there's just such a diverse genre of movies and novels and everything so i think it's very interesting yeah much like ghost last season there's a wide array of movies that we saw and again i think this season there's some kid ones again like, yeah you know, like ghosts i don't think as many like there are for ghosts but still a decent amount of like kids yeah vampires i will say that vampires were probably like one of the first monsters i was ever afraid of oh really as a kid yeah Interesting. Yeah. Any particular reason? Any story behind this? Oh, well, definitely because of Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, but... Oh, really? Yeah, honestly. When I was little, I was so afraid of them that I trained myself to sleep with the covers up to my neck, because I was like, you know, that'll deter them. <laughs> At um, that blanket. like. <laughs> maybe some lore, just like blankets, a shield, and it's kind of like... Well, I'm sure we'll go into like the whole background of vampires but like when those weird like they need permission yeah to get under the blankets (laughs) maybe you shouldn't be getting under the kids blanket yeah there you go they have morals yeah so they don't (laughs) (laughs) oh we're kind of respectful like i won't come into your house unless you say is that because they have to or well we'll get into that we'll find out i like vampires i think it's cool yeah do you want to tell us a little bit about a vampire yeah so there is a crazy amount of lore on vampires oh i'm sure Yes. Obviously, there's a lot of mythology with vampires on almost every culture. Egyptian, Greece, Chinese, anything that you can really think of. Almost everyone has, like, a demon bloodsucker that, like, feeds on the life of women and children. Oh, my God. We're not doing so hot. So it's just all an umbrella under vampire. Anything. So the through line here is blood sucking. Right. Is the situation but the main difference between the mythology and like folklore is in folklore they were a human that came back oh okay so human transition too yeah and and in mythology they're more like demons entities they were never a person they came out the womb this way yes if you will she was born with it born yes honey get it So, a vampire is often depicted as a feigned creature risen from the dead that feeds on the blood of the living. 
The powers and tells of a vampire are varied, but the most common are the ability to influence or hypnotize, speed, can transform into a bat, and walk amongst the living while their tells are they don't cast a shadow or have reflection in mirrors, can't enter a residence without being invited, and a disdain for crosses and garlic. They don't like it. Yeah, they're just like, not That's not it. It's not not giving. (laughs) The whole, like, having to be let in, I did not know that was a thing for the longest time. Yeah. I was like, that is so bizarre to me. All the other ones, okay. And I feel like, unless you're, like, a really big, like, Buffy fan or something like that, like, it's not a huge thing that's depicted in a lot of movies, I feel like, with the whole being let in. A couple, but not the majority. Yeah, one of the movies we're covering this season, literally, it's in the title. Right. right. What it is. (laughs) And I think that's the first time I was like, that's a thing? Yeah. What? And I was in, like, high school. (laughs) Well, even in another one, it's very subtle, and it doesn't really come back to bite them in the butt, (laughs) literally. (laughs) Bite them in the neck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, while the most rare and bizarre quality being the compulsive need to count seeds. Hello, Sesame Street. (laughs) Count seeds? Yeah, so it said in the lore, too, that, like, a way to get away from a vampire is if you could just spill some seeds, they would have the compulsive need to count them. No way. And I was like, that's probably how they got the idea for Count from Sesame Street. Like, I didn't know. I, I thought it was just a funny play on words. Like, I've never heard that before. Yeah, I don't know why they have a little bit of OCD. Do you think Sesame Street really knew that? And they're like, maybe yeah, not. Or coincidence. Yeah. It's gotta be a coincidence. I think so. But they are like, one bat, ha ha ha, two bat. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I've never heard that before. Is that specific to a culture or just a general? Just in general, like, you know, if you ever are being chased by a vampire, spill some seeds or something. Let me run to the store real quick, (laughs) get some seeds. Any specific kind of seeds or just seeds? Just seeds. Do beans work? I'm sure any small little pebble-like thing would would be good. Sand. That'll really screw them up. Oh, yeah. You'll be fine. I'll be fine for the rest of my life. Just like a dump, like the bags of sand that they sell. For the sand things for kids, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. They'll be there forever. Right. I'll be fine. I'll be dead before they're done. Yes. And, of course, we need to go over ways to kill them, which are beheading, burning, a wooden stake in the heart, or direct exposure to sunlight. Yes. Those all check out. I was going through your list. I'm like, is there any of those I didn't know about? But no. No. It all makes sense. Pretty standard. They're like... Not all of them work, though, for certain vampires. Hmm. I can think of a couple where they can go out in the sun and oh, yeah. no one would be upset about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're fine, it's fine. So, it was commonly believed throughout Europe that one becomes a vampire by being bitten by one, but there are other supposed methods, such as some act of sorcery, committing suicide, or having a cat jump over a corpse. A cat? Yeah, just a random cat. Funeral parlors can't have cats, apparently. It's always the cats. They get such a bad rap. Oh, there's a lot of things that get a bad rap, though. Oh. Children that are born between the time of Christmas and Epiphany are supposed to be, like, more likely to become vampires. Redheaded children as well. That is not surprising to me. Yeah. Sorry, anyone who is a redhead. Yes. And babies born with teeth, which isn't a common occurrence, but... Is that is that a thing? I don't Has think so. Has anyone... I'm, I'm sure somebody's had a baby that had teeth. I, yeah, anyone out there have a baby with teeth? Or were you born with teeth? Let us know. Yeah. You a vampire. You're a vampire, sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry you have to find out this way. And such myths were believed because vampires were depicted in their folklore as creatures that rose from their graves at night to drain the blood of people while they slept. It was even notated in the early 1700s that 
Villagers claimed there were several fluid-filled corpses behind a plague of vampirism that led to widespread interest in imaginative treatment of it throughout the years. Mm, Fluid-filled? Yeah. What were they filled with? What fluid? Probably blood. Jelly? Jelly Jelly-filled donut? (laughs) You know, the jelly-flavored vampires. That's the best kind of vampire. (laughs) But we'll get into the reasoning for why they thought that that was a vampire thing. So one of the accounts of vampirism surround the death of Peter... Blahoyevich in Blahoyevich Blahoyevich. Oh wow! I even had to like spell it how it sounded because it does not look the way. It doesn't. No. Oh wow! The the way it's written, and this was in Kisilovia, Serbia. That sounds fake. You made that up. (laughs) This whole thing's made up. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going off shit. (laughs) He was actually accused of killing nine people after he had died. In the days following his death, nine residents of the town suddenly became sick and dying from extreme blood loss, and all claimed that Peter had attacked them the night before. Peter be dead? Peter be dead! But apparently not. (laughs) The other legend is that Peter rose from the dead each night to spread disease by knocking on the doors of houses, and even returning to his own home to ask his widow for his shoes, and came back a few nights later to kill their son. Peter. Peter. <laughs> what are you doing? Peter's not a good guy. Can you just stay dead, please? <laughs> yeah, so supposedly after he knocked on the doors of these neighbors, too, like, they all became, like, disease-ridden right after, too. Like, he just kind of, like, set the plague upon them. Oh, great. Yeah, but after he killed his own son, that seemed to be, like, the final straw for the village, and they decided to desecrate his grave, pull out his body, and... They were surprised to find that his teeth had grown larger, his stomach was distended as if he had just ate a large meal, his nails were long, and he had blood around his mouth. Alright, so the teeth longer, probably his gums were receding, if I had to guess. Oh, believe me, we'll get right. to this. We'll get to Okay, them. I'm like, mm, this seems fake. Also, they unburied him. So what, was he like going back and burying himself? Like, he's like, okay, I'm done. Like... How would that have happened? Does he have an accomplice? I guess. I don't know. And plus the organization, too. Like, you got to be back in your grave before sun, <laughs> before sun up. Master, get in. <laughs> so they stabbed his corpse through the heart multiple times and burned it. Later, the residents reported that the attack stopped right after. However, according to this Britannica article that I'm taking it from, Research from the 20th and 21st centuries has posited that characteristics associated with vampires can be traced back to certain diseases, such as porphyria, which makes one sensitive to sunlight, tuberculosis, which causes wasting, pellagra, a disease that thins the skin, and rabies, which causes biting and general sensitivities to light or even garlic. Oh, really? Yeah, it can just lead to any sort of repulsion. Oh, okay. See, I was always like, why garlic? But that answers my question. Just kind of random. (laughs) Additionally, the hysteria around corpses rising from the dead and becoming vampires was mostly due to the fact that people were not yet able to discern decomposition from people just being unconscious or extremely dead. Or extremely, <laughs> extremely dead. You're just like mildly dead, but then there's like extremely dead. Like, you're dead dead. On a scale of 1 to 10, how dead you are. Fucking 15. <laughs> extremely. Extremely drunk was what I was going for. But I did, I've actually heard that before, too. Like, people would, like, unbury themselves or something because people would get buried unconscious. Like, I think even in some cultures, they put bells outside of graves to, like, be like, you know, excuse me. <laughs> um, what do you think you're doing? I'm literally alive. Right. Were they not breathing? Did they not check? Like, 
they didn't know how to check it, I guess. They're just like, well, oh. Bob's been asleep for some time now. Could you imagine? Well, it's been about eight hours. Normally people are up by now. It must be dead. <laughs> Sorry. Everyone's so sleepy. <laughs> and obviously these little tales and histories inspired works such as Bram Stoker's Dracula. There's another one that developed the femme fatale that I believe her name was Carmilla. And that was by Sharon D. Lee Fanu. <laughs> Fanu. And there's also the famous The Vampire, and that was by John Polidori. And all of these were inspired from the legends that came before. Oh. Yeah. I only really know of Dracula. Yeah. I don't as far as old literature goes right that's, that's about yeah <laughs> yeah that's the cutoff for me as well but i mean dracula came out in like 1897 so and then vampires were a thing like way before that like 1700s wow i always like assumed like bram stoker made the idea of a vampire yeah i, guess I didn't really realize how deep no like since like the myth and every well like not the myth but like you know the mythology basically and then all of these weird accounts like he had plenty of to go off of yeah. honestly it's like this wrote itself yeah yeah hmm. but anyway another key characteristic that vampires have and i mentioned briefly was the hypnosis mm-hmm. and that was also written in by bram stroker he was the one that used it as a tool for vampires to lure prey and overpower their victims but some experts assert that true hypnotic powers were not evident in the accounts of the folkloric <laughs> vampires and said claiming that since the vampire often attacked at night while its victims slept hypnosis wasn't necessary so they assume it's probably from just Bram Stoker's telling of the story. Yeah. It's like, trust me, I could do this. I don't need to. <laughs> but like, seriously, I could, I could hypnotize you if I had to. Right, right. Like, believe me. It probably just added another like level for him. So Yeah. Yeah. So hypnosis is a big factor in the movie we're going to cover today. So yes. would you like to tell the audience about what we're going to be covering? I guess. Just kidding. Our <laughs> first movie for the season is Dark Shadows. I love this one. Do you? Yeah, I saw it multiple times when it came out. Yeah, I guess I'll ask you. Have you seen it? And <laughs> it's your question, yes. I saw it I saw it in theaters, funny enough, because we took my dad to see it because he was actually a fan of the The show. soap opera. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which I didn't know was a thing until he told me and then like, let's go see it. My mom also watched the soap opera a little bit, so she told me that it was a soap opera. I didn't know it was based off of anything oh, really? in particular. So, when I first saw it, I thought it was fine, and it was one of those forgettable movies to me, but I watched it, you know, for the podcast, I'm like, I actually really enjoy it. There's, like, a lot going on, and, like, I feel like they could have trimmed some things. Some of it's kind of a mess, in my opinion, (laughs) but I had a lot of fun the second time around, not so much the first time. I thought it was good. I think it kills honestly it, oh. it, it does very good um i think it's very funny, <laughs> it's very funny. <laughs> he's very funny <laughs> and johnny depp as a vampire is attractive to me oh. <laughs> really yeah <laughs> look he's like not extremely dead but he's like enough he's like a four or five i would say on the dead scale yeah not a 15 though no 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 not even close but he looks corpse-like I don't know. Aside from, like, the long fingernails, like... Cut those things! <laughs> I would say he just kind of looks like a goth, really, into, like, white makeup. Like, I face pink. Yes. Like, okay, maybe he's more like a two. Yeah. He's been dead for, like, a couple days. Yeah, 
looking. He's um, fine. Ready to hear some background on the movie? Yes, of course. So, Dark Shadows is a 2012 dark fantasy film based on the gothic television soap opera of the same name. This was, of course, directed by Tim Burton. If you've seen the trailer, seen even a picture, you could nail, nail it on the head. Tim Burton. It stars Johnny Depp, as we said, Michelle Pfeiffer, Helena Bottom Carter, Eva Green, Jackie Earl Haley, John Lee Miller, Chloe Grace Moretz, and Bella Heathcott in a dual role. So she plays the love interest in both in both <laughs> times. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, it's obviously it's Tim Burton, though, because it has Helena Bottom Carter and Johnny Depp together. That's almost like a given. Yeah, he was married to uh, Helena Bottom Carter, right? Right, I think Is so. I don't think anymore. Okay, well, right. she's in all his movies, basically. Yes. yes. So Christopher Lee has a small role in the film, and it's his 200th film appearance and his fifth and final appearance in the Tim Burton movie. Damn. So he was he was getting busy. Yeah. Even like five Tim Burton movies. That's crazy. Yeah, that's crazy. Who's Christopher Lee's character? He's the fisherman guy. Oh, okay. So he was just kind of like a cameo. Yeah. Jonathan Ford, the star of the original Dark Shadow series, makes a cameo as well, which was his final appearance as he died shortly before the release of the film. Oh. The film had a limited release on May 10th of 2012 and was officially released the following day in North America. It performed poorly in the United States box office, but did well in foreign markets. Really? Yeah. I, I saw it like three times in theaters. No, you didn't. I did. Three times? I liked it a lot. Wow. I thought it was funny. Did you? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I just would like grab a different friend and go see it again. Oh, you <laughs> this movie? I haven't seen it yet. <laughs> no, I told everybody oh. I saw it. They knew. <laughs> Oh my god. They're like, okay, Stephanie, you might need to get some help. But So reviews for the film were mixed. Critics praised its visual style and consistent humor. So there you go. But felt lack of focus or substantial plot and developed characters, which I agree with that part. Yeah, some of them needed a little bit more fleshing well, out. Yeah, like especially even like the love interest. We'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. I forgot she even existed halfway through. I'm like, I had a hard time figuring out what the movie was, like, truly even about. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Right. It kind of gets more convoluted, too, when he's not always as focused on her, and he shags somebody else. And... <laughs> he shags somebody else. <laughs> okay. On two occasions, he shags somebody else. Well, one of them does the shagging, I guess. <laughs> oh, that's bad. So back in July of 2007 was when Warner Brothers got the rights for the film from the soap opera, mm -hmm. and it was stated that Johnny Depp had a childhood obsession with Dark Shadows, and this was a dream role to portray Barnabas. So if this movie was being made, he was playing it. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. So that was interesting. I mean, he seems like he's having fun, though. I mean, I think he enjoys most of the roles that he plays. But, yeah. But yeah, I I think it's one of his better ones. I don't know. I, uh, I liked it. I liked the movie. It's just not my favorite, but that's okay. I know, you're looking at me like, what is wrong with you? <laughs> Somebody's going to kill me? We're not going to make it to 13 episodes. Oh, God. <laughs> well, this is the end of the season. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Dark Shadows was the best vampire. <laughs> so a little bit of information on Dark Shadows. It was, of course, a soap opera. It aired on weekdays on the ABC television network from June 27th of 1966 to April 2nd. 1971. The show depicted the lives, loves, trials, and tribulations of wealthy Collins family 
of Collinsport, Maine, where a number of supernatural occurrences take place. Okay. So I think it was more serious than yeah. the movie was. I think my dad even mentioned that it was kind of sad and dreary at times too. Like it soap opera. It was very serious. Yeah. But that's interesting that they had a like a supernatural soap opera all mm -hmm. the way back in the sixties. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's really cool. I mean, when you only have like a couple of channels to watch, I guess it <laughs> works out. But yeah, interesting. Are you ready to dive into the plot? Yeah. I think so. Let's go. All right. We start off with the origin story of Barnabas Collins. In 1760, the wealthy Collins family come to America to settle in Maine at their manor, Collinswood, and develop a fishing town known as Collinsport. A fishy town. A fishy That's town. what I thought you said. Very fishy. <laughs> very it smells fishy. not so good. <laughs> Several years later, Barnabas is having an affair with a servant girl named Angelique who confesses her love for him, but he does not reciprocate as he has now met his true love, Josette. Unfortunately for him, Angelique is a witch, dead set on taking revenge, and kills his parents with magic in response. She then curses him so that all he loves will die. <laughs> Just like, well, unfortunately, <laughs> that happened. He even says it too. He's like, how did I get the witch? Like, <laughs> What are the odds? <laughs> Just like, well, that happened. Sorry. <laughs> right. It's very casual. So Barnabas goes mad from the death of his parents, convinced it was no accident, and starts using dark magic to prove that they were murdered. Angelique puts his fiancée, Josette, under a spell, compelling her to fall to her death from a cliff known as Widow's Hill. Barnabas jumps after her, but survives because Angelique wants him to suffer eternally as a vampire. Unable to control his thirst, he starts attacking townspeople, who, with some prodding from Angelique, capture him and bury him alive for 200 years. Just some time later. Yeah. So, in this story, she turned him to a vampire, right? With sorcery. With sorcery. Yeah, she didn't have so no biting, mm -mm. and like, wasn't he like he fell and turned? Yeah, like he was already dead. Like, come on, kind of. He hits the bottom. He looks human still. Then all of a sudden, he starts like turning. Yeah, I'm like, it's different. <laughs> you think he was like cursed already, and then like when he dies, he turned. Yeah, that must have been the plan. Like she kind of knew he would jump after her, and mm -hmm. figured like once he's dead, he'll turn. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, she must have like had this curse on him so like no matter when he died because I, I find it highly unbelievable that she like looks out the window and she sees him like jumping she's like oh shit i gotta put this curse on him right now <laughs> like... no i think angelique's very opportunistic too so if like for some reason he didn't jump and he just came back and he was like well joseph's dead so i guess i love you now that would have worked out in her favor as well yeah i guess either way yeah so now i'm like what if what if, <laughs> what if he didn't jump would he have gone back and killed her I don't know, because he doesn't realize that all of this stuff is her doing. That's true. Yeah. So, in 1972, Maggie Evans, who resembles Josette, has arrived to fill the role of governess at the Collinwood Estate under the alias Victoria Winters. She is greeted by the current Collins residents, matriarch Elizabeth, her teenage daughter Carolyn, who is a very moody teenager. Loved her. Oh, yeah, she's she great. Was great. <laughs> her brother Roger and his young son named David, who believes he is being visited by his late mother's ghost, and a live in alcoholic psychiatrist, Dr. Julia Hoffman. <laughs> There's so, so many much. people. And like at first, I kind of got confused on who was the family relations and stuff like that. Like you assume when you see kids, you assume they're siblings. And mm -hmm. no, like yeah. very mixed up. <laughs> There's really only the four actual Collinses. So. Yeah. The mom, Elizabeth, and her daughter, and then 
Roger and his son. So that's her. They're, so they're cousins. The kids are cousins. The so, parents are siblings. Yeah. yeah. And then random Helena Bonham Carter, not related, just, <laughs> just living just there. Just hanging out. I was like, okay. I guess she's called in to treat David, so that's why she's just there. Yeah. <laughs> She's not doing a great job. No, she's terrible. But I would, I'd live in that house though. Oh yeah, the house is beautiful. Another old mansion-y type. No, dream For old. sure. <laughs> that evening, Victoria sees Josette's ghost reenact her fall off the widow's hill and tells her, help me. Inside the house, nonetheless, yeah. though. From the chandelier. Right. Very random. Because that's got a, a, a flair for the dramatics. She's like, chandelier, cliff, close enough. Right. <laughs> she like falls and then like, it looks like she goes into some water. There's like yeah. mystical pooling. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's like, so dramatic. <laughs> you don't have to like relive your death. Right. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. This isn't a ghost season anymore. We can't talk about this. We gotta move on. Right. We can't talk about how she like disappears into the floor and stuff. So at the construction site for a new McDonald's. <laughs> That's so random. What? It was all played for one gag. Yeah. The uh, crew unearths Barnabas's coffin. And unknowingly frees him. This coffin was, like, chained and stuff like that. So I don't know why they were like, yeah, let's just see what's going on in here. Folks, if you see not only a coffin, but a chained coffin. <laughs> like, a regular coffin, okay. But if it's chained, leave it. Do not right. touch it. Do not open the chains. Do not wonder, oh, this should be fine. No. No. And then, especially, like, get it sent somewhere to, like, a lab or something. Just... Don't just open it there. The diseases. <laughs> the diseases. You don't know what Ugh. was in there? No. Why? Nope. <laughs> so he apologetically kills the crew to drink their blood and heads to Collinwood, baffled by modern day technology. He kind of does the hocus pocus route. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love that. I love that shit. Yeah. Like it, every time I'm like, yes. <laughs> like he goes to the road and he does that whole like, oh, what, what the fuck is this? I literally, <laughs> I literally said Blue Black River. <laughs> Perhaps it's not too deep. I was like, this is the same exact thing. Yeah, and then a car is trying to come down the road at him, and he's like, it's Beelzebub or something, got to take me, I'm ready. Like, <laughs> oh, it was funny. but <laughs> I, I love that trope. Yes. Every time you do it, I love it. <laughs> he does several of them, and they're great. Mm -hmm. Barnabas meets the Collinwood caretaker, Willie, and hypnotizes him into being his servant. He meets with Elizabeth, promises no harm will come to their family, and convinces her that the family is cursed. He proves he's their long-lost ancestor by showing her a secret passage that leads to hidden treasure. She is still hesitant to trust him, so she introduces him to the family as a relative from England. And he's saying all, like, this bizarre stuff, like, touching silverware and being like, this is not real silver, because <laughs> I would burn to a crisp. It's just that English thing, you know? Yeah, yeah. That's what happens there. She's like, yeah, you said something about a weird metal allergy. And they're all just like, okay. Yeah, whatever. I, I'd immediately be like, you're a vampire. <laughs> Only not... Carolyn's like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> I know, everyone else is like, okay. Yeah. Uncle Barnabas, so great. <laughs> <laughs> Such a pill. <laughs> Soon after, Barnabas uses his hypnotic power and the recently found fortune to bring the Collins family back to their former glory by restoring the Collins Canning Company and Collinwood Manor. Love struck with Victoria and wanting to appear more with the times, he asked teenager Carolyn for advice on how to woo a woman of this time period. Which is funny because he's like, how old are you? Yeah. She's like, what, 15? Yeah. And he's like, 15 and no husband. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was great. <laughs> and Carolyn suggests that he should just hang out with some normal people because he's real weird. Normal people. <laughs> hippies. Right. Donors. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> so he briefly befriends a group of hippies to discuss his love life, then kills all of them. <laughs> 
it's like somewhat of a touching scene and not touching but you know like they're all cool and chill and peace and then <laughs> murders them right i mean he, he got what he wanted out of it and i mean he doesn't break his promise he doesn't hurt anybody that's in the family like but everybody else is fair game <laughs> yeah which is kind of like you, you know you like this character but then you got to remember oh yeah he is a blood-sucking killing vampire. yeah 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 that's fine because we like it yeah of course <laughs> you know it's fine the murder eh, it can look passive he has to do what he has to do yeah exactly like how else is he gonna eat animals which i wouldn't like either but mm. maybe like rats yeah maybe i don't know no he does try to suppress it though because afterwards he's found out by dr hoffman who realizes you know something's weird about this dude <laughs> and she offers him human blood transfusions to try to make him human again mm -hmm. and i guess that kind of like tapers off his thirst a little too Meanwhile, it's revealed to us that Angelique has prospered throughout the past centuries, monopolizing the town and becoming the sole owner of the prominent fishing company now named Angel Bay Seafood. This bitch. I know. And like, it's like within minutes of him being in the current day, quote unquote. Yeah. Like, you're like, that's Angelique. Like, right. That's her. Mm -hmm. Like, what the fuck? She's I love alive. that she has, like, portraits of her, too, in the company, too, and you can see her it's from... <laughs> it's clearly her! <laughs> She's having a meeting with, like, all these old, crusty white guys, and, like, <laughs> there's just, like, seven portraits of, like, her ancestors. Her great-great-grandmother. It's, it's her. The face is the same. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, you know, family resemblance and all oh, that. Oh, for sure. So Barnabas goes to confront her, but she tells him she's still in love with him, and if he doesn't sleep with her, she'll just kill Victoria. Okay. Yeah, all right. <laughs> Poor Victoria, who has barely been in this movie, mind you. It, like, starts off, like, from her perspective, and as soon as Barnabas shows up, it's like, never mind. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's weird. It's very odd. Right. Because she even gets a ride to Collinwood with the hippies in yeah. the beginning, and then just never talks to anybody aside from Barnabas whenever they're both on camera. <laughs> yeah, so she's, like, a very important character, but not important in her own aspect. Like, she's an accessory to, like, Barnabas. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of sad. Poor Victoria gets shafted. Of course, he gives in, but is ultimately remorseful and tells her again he isn't in love with her. I don't know why he did this, honestly. Like, uh, he sleeps with her just to protect Victoria, but right. then he also is like, by the way, this will never happen again, and I don't love you. So I'm like, that's just making the problem worse, yeah. I think. I don't know, maybe. Okay, so my theory is he hates her, mm -hmm. but like he doesn't want to, like, kill her you know it's like that love hate thing like, yeah i fucking hate you but i can't bring myself to kill you just like leave us alone kind of right thing. i think that's what it is yeah well and she still has something for him too like technically she could reverse the curse and i think that's part of the reason why he keeps trying to interact with her but she's like sidetracked yeah every time about how in love she is with him even though she's done nothing but destroy his family i know she's convinced that eventually he's gonna come around yeah like you know i'm ruining your life but you're gonna love me right right like this is how it works yeah i'm gonna destroy everything so you have no other option right is basically the and then angle. of course you'll love me like yeah oh you're right you yeah. killed my whole family you ruined my life i'm a vampire you're right <laughs> i do love you let's get married yeah it turns out like i've just been denying my feelings this whole time <laughs> i was going through it i'm sorry for 200 years she even says in the thing before they sleep together too she's like i was mad at you for like the first hundred years but then afterwards i was kind of lonely <laughs> yeah. i realized i still love you 
She could have dressed him up. Yeah, she could have. But no. No. I mean, she's still mad. (laughs) She says she's not mad, but you know. She's still mad. It's like when your friend, like, starts complaining about something, and you're like, I thought you weren't mad. He's like, I'm not mad. And then they complain for another 20 minutes. (laughs) I'm fine. Right. So in the following days, Barnabas hosts a party at Collinwood with Alice Cooper as the entertainment to gain the town's favor, I guess. There, he and Victoria grow closer as she shares her past, explaining that she has been seeing the ghost of Josette all her life and her parents placed her in an asylum because of it. However, she did eventually escape, so when she was looking for a place to go, Josette pointed her to Collinwood. Victoria tells Barnabas that she knows he's been asking around about her and returns his affections to Angelique's dismay. She's like, yeah, I like you. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know where. You're cool. Yeah. We're having a great time. <laughs> that's, I guess that's one of the problems with this movie. It's like all of a sudden we just see scenes of them being affectionate towards each other. Yeah. Victoria's gone. It's like montage, like thrown in there. Like they're just like walking on the beach together, just reading. And like all of a sudden it's just clear that they like each other. Yeah. And I just wish they focused on <laughs> one of the two. Like I would have loved to see the love story. I love, I, you know, I really do like... Love stories. I do. I don't know, though. I will say, I will argue in Barnabas's defense. <laughs> Go on. That he does have that old school charm. It's very alluring. <laughs> Maybe it has to do with the whole... I, he's not really, like, hypnotizing her or anything, but maybe it's the whole... Like, there's, like, subconsciously she's, like, drawn to him, you know? Yeah, Like, I she think senses so. it. Yeah. And it heightens it, maybe? Kind Cause, of. You know, vampires are seductive. Kind of. Because even when they first meet, too, like, he says something along the lines of, she's been telling everyone to call her Vicky, and he's like, oh, you don't call, let them call you Vicky. Victoria is such a wonderful name. I could hardly part with any syllable. And I was like, it is on. Like, <laughs> <Penny drop. yeah. laughs> she's like, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah, Are you doing anything right now? <laughs> we could go. Let's go to my bedroom. Upstairs. That's what happened. Yes. Or should have happened. <laughs> Honestly, I'd be like, all right. <laughs> all right, I guess you're right, but no. I thought it would have been cute to see a little yeah. bit flourishing romance. Yes. That's okay. I mean, he cares for her. <laughs> like, when she opens up about her past and everything, he's like, your parents deserve to go to hell. How could they do this to you? Like, <laughs> Yeah. But obviously, he's a vampire, so it's not like she's talking to a normal man of the day. Yeah, I was going to say, he showed empathy. He must love her. <laughs> like... I don't know. Compared to Angelique, he's doing great. Well, Angelique's a fucking 300-year-old witch, so, you know, it's a little bit different. So, the next day, Barnabas goes to Dr. Hoffman's office to continue his transfusions and realizes that Dr. Hoffman has been stealing his blood to fight off aging. Angered by her betrayal, he kills her, and he and Willie dump her body in the ocean, claiming she left urgently on business. This whole scenario could have been cut. Yeah. This was after the blowy, right? Right. <laughs> we didn't mention it, but yeah. she goes down on Barnabas. Yeah, well, that's why I'm talking about there's been two shags so far with other people aside from Oh, Victoria. that was the second one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're right. Yeah. He gets with almost every girl that's not related to him. <laughs> I feel like Helena Bonham Carter's character could have been, like, basically cut off from yeah. this whole movie. It was very He weird. was not really needed, honestly. It's but Just because of her relationship with yeah. Tim Burton. She's like, well, I'll throw you in here somewhere. I mean, she is in the show. True, but I mean, we could cut it. Yeah, it's a movie, right? But anyways, it was very weird. I thought it was weird too that it was working. Like you saw when he killed her, like she had fangs. Yeah, and she was becoming sensitive to sunlight. Mm -hmm. 
Well, like some vampire lore, you have to like drink the vampire's blood. To oh turn. yeah, so yeah. Maybe that's kind of where. But that's weird because he was turned into a vampire by a curse. So you know, don't question it, guys. Yeah. Just point being, she's dead. Yes. She fucking dead. Bye. Exactly. Barnabas also confronts Roger because he caught him stealing from the guests during the party and is an absentee father to David. He gives Roger the choice of putting this behind him and stepping up as a father or to leave Collinwood with enough money to live elsewhere. So he chooses to leave like a dick. Fucker. Yeah. Leaves his kid. Doesn't even say goodbye to him. He just sort of stands there and gets in the taxi. Like, what the? Another (laughs) shitty ass character that said like three words before this. Yeah. I just felt bad for the kid. Right. Oh my God. These people. Immediately after, Barnabas shows himself to be a vampire after he saves a distraught David with inhuman speed from a falling disco ball and ends up catching fire in the daylight. The rest of the family is shocked and David runs away from him. (laughs) Surprise! In case you still didn't realize. Right, he said so much weird shit. (laughs) Also, just look at the man. Yeah, yeah. He's a two on the dead scale. (laughs) Sleeping during the day, like, like it's, it's... It's clear. Obvious. <laughs> uh, there is, like, a funny joke, too, during, like, part of these montages, like, him getting used to normal, modern life, and he yells at the TV and thinks that there's a tiny song stress. <laughs> I love that part. <laughs> He's trying to get her to come out of the TV. Yeah. It's just silly. It's funny. Another one of those modern technology jokes. Yes. So desperate to be rid of his curse, Barnabas seeks out Angelique, who tricks him into confessing to his murders and demands that he be her lover. When he refuses, she imprisons him in a coffin again, but he's soon to be released by David. Meanwhile, Angelique has set fire to the Collins business and has convinced the townspeople with the murder confession that Barnabas is a vampire. They form an angry mob and try to take Elizabeth in as an accomplice, but Barnabas is now there to confront Angelique. They begin fighting, and her face cracks. Like, she's, like, made of glass or something. like porcelain. Yeah. Which is not quite right. (laughs) But okay. (laughs) Whatever. And it shows her true nature as a witch, and the town just kind of like, yeah, we're good here. (laughs) Yeah, you guys figure this out. Right. So they run away, and Elizabeth and Carolyn reveal to be a werewolf joining the fight. Angelique causes the fixtures of their house to come alive and attack them. As the group struggles to prevail, Angelique admits she's been the cause of all the family's misfortunes. Bitch. She sent a werewolf to bite Carolyn as a baby. I totally <laughs> forgot about that whole thing. And when it happened, I was like, oh, wait, yeah. now we have werewolves. <laughs> I mean, you could tell because, like, every time Carolyn speaks, she's kind of, like, on the verge of growling at people. <laughs> <laughs> That's just because she's a moody teenager. There is a funny deleted scene, too, where Carolyn and Victoria are just talking, and, and Carolyn's like, you don't understand me. And Victoria's like, this is something all women go through. And she's like, yeah, no. Yeah, not quite. <laughs> not this. But I, I kind of like that, because, like, Carolyn is kind of an asshole, <laughs> like, throughout the, the movie. But you kind of like, okay, well, I kind of get why. Yeah. I like Carolyn because she's a sassy. Like, yeah. I like no, that. No, she's not a girl. Good, Yeah. She's so. terrible. But <laughs> it's kind of like, oh, okay. Well, we can kind of get why now. Yeah. We get why you're pissed. She also killed off David's mother and caused the death of Barnabas' parents. The ghost of David's mother then appears and strikes Angelique down with a chandelier. And as she lays dying, she confesses her love for Barnabas yet again and offers him her heart, which crumples. <laughs> She grabs it out like, of her. like, here you go. <laughs> I don't want this. I don't want this. You could keep it. I don't want this. Oh, my God. Right. And he's like, this is why we have boundaries. Like, <laughs> Do not give me your heart, your literal heart, out of your chest. All right. 
She's last resort. Like, Piss me off. here you go. Like, get over it. <laughs> it's been 200 years. Right. She's had time. She's had a long time. So now with Victoria nowhere to be found, Barnabas realizes there's only one place she can be and races to her at Widow's Hill. Angelique's triumph on her has ended, but she says he'll have to make her a vampire so they can be together. When he refuses, she steps off the cliff and he follows, biting her in the fall. Barnabas holds her on the rocks below and she awakens as a vampire saying that she's now Josette and he feels that his curse is finally over. However, near the ocean floor, Dr. Hoffman opens her eyes. Stupid. But <laughs> that was so weird. Yeah, Dr. Hoffman's part. But like, what? So is Josette's soul transfer to... I think they were always kind of like connected, but it does feel a little sabotage that <laughs> that just has been like leading her here just to be like, yeah, bye, Vicky. I got your body now. <laughs> right. I was very confused by that. I don't So perhaps it's Josette now, I guess. Is uh, I guess conclusion. maybe it was always sort of Josette, but... It was always you. It was always her. <laughs> and I'm guessing that either they wanted to do a sequel with the whole Dr. Hoffman thing and it just didn't happen, or either that was just kind of like a weird twist ending like a surprise like something that might have happened in the show and they just wanted to include it for funsies maybe but that sucks that she's stuck at the bottom of the ocean mm. alive all tied up yeah i mean she's probably a vampire so like she, she can just come out whenever she's ready <laughs> yeah but if she's tied like can she get out of her i don't know he's I mean... kind of strong and vast on his own I, assuming huh. I I, i'm guessing it means she's coming back dun, dun, dun. <laughs> But we will never know. I think I did read that there was a sequel. They announced a sequel recently. Oh, really? I think so. so Are hoping... they actually going to go through with it, though? If they didn't do so well in the U.S., I just assumed that that wasn't going to happen. I don't know. They're making sequels of all this random shit. So who knows? That's true. Perhaps we'll know what happened to Dr. Hoffman. <laughs> yes. I kind of would like to see how their story would pick up after that point, like with Victoria as a vampire now. Mm -hmm. But I don't feel like there's much more to say. I don't know. They it had it seems like it could be kind of mundane at that point. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. They had a shit ton of plot in this one. So who true, knows? true. If they had however many years of soap opera to cover, I'm sure they could figure out something right. to pull in there. So <laughs> maybe a new threat. Maybe they could incorporate werewolves like the werewolf that turned Carolyn. Yeah, back coming or back or something. Yeah. Pack. I don't know. Yeah. There you go. That'd There's a plot. Fun. You're welcome. <laughs> so we already know you like the movie. But would you watch it again? Would you show other people? Well, yeah. <laughs> You're like, why are you even asking me? Duh. So, you, How about you? Uh, I'd watch it again, yeah. I liked it way more the second time. I showed it to Nick, and he was like, eh. No, I'm he like, didn't watch like it. it. Oh, Not really. Gosh. I know. I'm like, watch it a second time. But yeah, I was surprised. I, like I said, I remember it being somewhat forgettable. But I had a better time this time. Maybe because I knew what to expect. There was just so much going on. Like, it is a very large story. I didn't really care about the whole canning thing and that aspect. I guess they just wanted to show you how they got there because they came from England and all yeah. of them there. Yeah, I think it was the necessary, but like I would have rather focused on Victoria and Barnabas as opposed to yeah the business side of it. <laughs> Honestly, Maybe. I think they could have scrapped Roger and uh, Doctor Hoffman's character because they only each say a few lines and then they're just gone. So, mm -hmm. I mean, we know that he can kill people off, so it doesn't seem like there was much use for them. Right. You know, they could have trimmed some characters and stuff, but... Yeah. I wish we also could have gotten 
to see him bond with David more. Mm-hmm. It's cute because he always calls him Master David. And yeah. I was like, that's that's sweet. <laughs> but so like they obviously have like this connection, but it's just assumed at that point by the end. Mm-hmm. And again, with Victoria the same way. And the whole Carol and Elizabeth arc as well. Like they're all just kind of thrown into these like montage scenarios. And, yeah. And it's really only about like Barnabas and Angelique going back and forth, basically. Yeah. And deterring everything that she's done against him over the years. So it's kind of hard to compare because it's their first movie, but we both had it as a three on our scariness scale. Did you find any of it really scary? Is that there's there's really no scary no. part in it? No. At all. It's more of a comedy for sure. It's definitely comedy fantasy situation. Right. Yeah, like a lighthearted dramedy in a way, because like you can still kind of see those like soap opera moments, especially in the beginning and the end. Yeah, because especially like those scenes with him in the water, it's like it just becomes very like, and then all I thought all was lost. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very melodramatic. <laughs> yeah, the thing about it is, I was gonna say that this is like a good introduction for kids to vampires, but this is not a kids movie. Like, do not. It's Tim Burton, but it's like a PG thirteen Tim yeah. Burton. Yeah, I mean, if I think if you forward through like the sexual yeah part like it's watchable yeah it's not terrible but it's not like poor kid like maybe Mm -hmm. like the pg-13s like 13 14 yeah but don't go into this expecting any scares really i guess the end gets a little intense but beyond that the ghosts aren't scary the vampire is the main character right even carolyn as the as the werewolf her (laughs) face was like totally normal basically yeah she had some like fuzzy feet yeah so not scary bloated but interesting story yeah i think it's just because of them trying to cram like a whole tv series into a movie yeah do a sequel do it yeah they could have honestly that that would have probably drawn a lot more people in for the whole like u.s leg of it especially if they would have done like a two-parter kind of movie if they would have released a second one soon after and then that shows like the ending conflict with angelique and he gets with victoria yeah Maybe. I think they just did a bad job marketing it. <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Which doesn't help if they made two, three, four movies kind I of a thing. So. Yeah. But oh, we'll see. So thank you for listening. If you enjoy the show and listen on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, giving us a five-star rating is super helpful and we will always appreciate that. You can find us on social media using 13 Degrees of Screams. This has been 13 Degrees of Screams and we will see you next sleep. <laughs> Get it? Because you got to go back to your coffin and and go night nights before daytime. He's a vampire. Thing. Yeah. <laughs>